You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Podcast. With your host, Larry Lease. Come join us as Cinema Gold dives into the latest Hollywood films and news. Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today, we're diving in to our weekly series, Somehow I Manage, a review of The Office. And today marks the very end of our series as we reach season nine, the final season for one of the best shows on TV. There was no ordinary television series and no ordinary season. After nine years on the air, The Office has become a part of cultural lexicon. There's character catchphrases and references from the series that we use more often than we even realize in our everyday lives. Though the series premiered to soft ratings, the U.S. adaptation of The Office became the highest-rated scripted show on NBC. In its second season, amassing a devoted fan base and inspiring a massive, positive, critical response. That response, the ratings and fan enthusiasm, has declined over the years, but the legacy of this show lives on for years to come. There are many who contend that the series was, in essence, over following Steve Carell's departure in Season 7. Others feel that The Office really lost its mojo after Season 5. And those that remained devoted throughout last throughout uh, last season's bittersweet end. Whatever the case may be, most of us have been exposed to this show directory, directly or peripherally for nearly a decade. 
Greg Daniels and his team had somewhat of an uphill battle coming into the final season of the office. Ratings had plummeted. Key cast members had scheduling conflicts during production. And the uncertainty of the farm. The spinoff created a need for a more fluid approach to Dwight's arc. They were also faced with a loyal viewership that was resistant to many of the new additions in calling for the return of Michael. How were the various moving pieces handled? Well, it was rough going for a time, but in the end, everything coalesced into a satisfying conclusion, which is no easy feat. We're coming off the highs of last season's finale, and looking back, most of the bumps that the show hit in its final season were corrected by the time that lights went out on Dunder Mifflin forever. Some of the characters' storylines were past rescuing by the time that Dwight's wedding rolled around. And as we've mentioned previously, Andy has often been used as a plot device on this series. Probatic story needs have often been the name of the game when Andy was concerned versus real character logic. As such, he's been kind of a schizophrenic presence on the series. He was a Dwight stand-in for Jim at the Stanford branch, and then when it became clear that Michael was in fact exiting, Andy was crafted into somewhat clumsily crafted Michael clone replacement. This season saw a return to Andy's uh, original form in terms of his irrational behavior and general selfish disregard for others. The character became impossible to like upon his return from the high seas. And then the show did a complete 180 in the ensuing episodes in the hope that he would once again, and very rapidly, win our hearts and sympathies. The hiccups in terms of his development were exasperated by Ed Helms' scheduling conflicts. Andy did have a nice moment in living the dream with the acoustic guitar session and seemed to find some legitimate happiness in the post-Baby Wawa fallout. He was even granted one of the sweeter talking head moments in the finale saying, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days when you're in them. But on the whole, his arc felt flat. It may have been better to let him drop into the background even more and join the support team for this season. As to the secondary characters, as I mentioned, many fans have taken issue with new additions Nellie, Clark, and Plop. But to me, they weren't overly distracting. In fact, Clark seemed to hit his stride on the series in the latter portion of the season. The Aaron-Pete romance never really took off and was just a convenient way to give those characters something to do. But again, they faded away more than becoming a detractor. The long-lasting support cast were all given moments to shine, both throughout the season and in the finale. Oh, Creed, how we will miss you now that you're in the clink. Their roles remained essentially what they have been through Throughout the life of the series, they add texture to the world and periodically come forward to take center stage. Season 9 saw an interesting turn in Angela and Oscar's relationship. Their evolution and their dynamic from snippy co-workers to embittered romantic rivals to bickering but endearing odd couple slash co-parents was one of this season's strongest arcs. Angela has always been a tough nut in some respects but she's also been one of the more complex characters in the series, which makes her an ideal match for Dwight. The writers edged the line of obnoxious with Angela in the terms of her behavior for the bulk of her marriage to the senator. They then attempted a rapid and imperfect course correction with the 
Angela's downfall storyline. There were some logical breaks. It didn't make a whole lot of sense that Angela was suddenly destitute when she had been perfectly capable of supporting herself in the same job before she met the, the senator, even if she wasn't able to get a divorce settlement that quickly. However, the cold bath of reality did wonders to get her where she needed to be, repentant, open-hearted, and with Dwight. As has been mentioned previously, Dwight had long been one of my most beloved characters. Yes, you got Jim and Pam, Ryan, Dwight, all of them. But Dwight truly is one of my most beloved characters. The series has done a tremendous job in terms of the slow, steady, and generally well-constructed evolution of his character and his relationship with Pam and Jim in particular. Like Angela, Dwight is a delicate balance. If he were to ever truly become sane and rational, he would lose all of his humor. Yet... They also need to become less annoying and far less malicious in order for us to relate to and have affection for him. Jim and Pam. Whoa, boy. The Jim and Pam storyline stirred the most controversy this season. We've talked about the hits and misses of their troubled in paradise foray this season at length. The documentary crew coming out from behind the proverbial curtain was an understandable risk for the writers to take, but it didn't truly pay off. Nothing revelatory or beneficial ultimately emerged from that experiment. The majority of the audience responded negatively to Brian the Boom Guy. Not because he was a threat to Jim and Pam's dynamic, but because that character was a cheap trick, one not befitting the series or that relationship. He was a plot device tossed in to make us think that Pam may leave Jim in a shortcut on the part of the writers. The Pam and Jim relationship is one of the most well-conceived and executed on television. As we've said, it is simultaneously entirely relatable and epically romantic. They've always dealt with things in an understated manner. Though, so to go, Twilight Love Triangle, the 11th hour, was almost a smack in the face of fans. It felt as though we were being written down to. Okay, this will really get them going. It would have been better for the series to trust in us, the audience, and know just that Everyday stresses of life were enough for us to believe in their marital struggles. In the end, though, the office came through. Sacrifices were made on both fronts, as were grand gestures of endearing love. We wanted a happy ending we could believe in, and we got one. And here's a short synopsis of our thought of the finale, which is definitely the best episode of the season. Michael's brief return was a disappointment for some, but in truth, he already said his farewell to this series. After a two-year absence, Steve Carell felt it wasn't fair to overshadow those who had remained. It was good to see him, great to see him, but Carell did the noble thing by allowing the rest of this cast their moment to shine. Overall, this season was rocky and may have benefited from a shorter episode order. It's true that we wanted to see some of the callbacks and swan songs for the guest stars and and inside characters that have been a part of this series over the years. But fewer episodes may have paved the way for a more streamlined final season and tighter story structure. Having said that, even with the hurdles that the writing and producing team had to overcome, they managed to deliver, particularly in those last few episodes. A conclusion that this long-running, beloved, and highly significant series deserved.
best way to describe how I felt about the office's conclusion, as well as the series on the whole, I laughed, I cried, Michael, and happy. And right now we'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex, for sponsoring this episode. Visit poddex.com and use 10% off your purchase using promo code CINEMAGOLD to save 10% off your purchase. And now we're going to look at the best cold openings. At number five is Jim Bites His Lip, talking about sports with Dale and Kevin. He tries to not let it bother him, but he later storms out of an interview in annoyance. Number four, Oscar admits he's having an affair with the center, and Kevin overhears. And number three, Dwight discovers an old prank established by Jim a long time ago, leading to a wild goose chase through the building. Sort of Indiana Jones prank. And number two, Dwight puts a jack-o'-lantern on his head, but gets it stuck. And the best cold opening, I think, of season nine is Asian Jim. Morning, Dwight. Who are you? Who am I? I'm Jim. We've been working together for 12 years. Weird joke, Dwight. You're not Jim. Jim's not Asian. You seriously never noticed? Hey, hats off to you for not seeing race. All right then, Jim. Uh, why don't you tell me about that sale that you made yesterday? Uh, Wellington Systems sold them 10 yeah, years this is one of my favorite letter stock. Or were you talking about Krieger Murphy? Cold openings, but also favorite but prank. Between Dwight and Jim. Paul Krieger waiting for me. Please enter your password. I love how Dwight starts to freak out. You have one new message. How did you know? No, no, no. That is sensitive information only for employees, not here. outsiders. Dwight, cut it out. I'm trying to work. You don't work here. You're not Jim. Jim, I got us that dinner reservation. Greek goes 730. Oh, great. Can't wait. Mm. Jim's at the dentist this morning, and Steve is an actor friend of ours. I don't know who you are, but you are not Jim. This he picks up the is picture. Jim. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is good. The hell? Um. Oh, dude. Uh, how did. <gasps> yeah. So, my favorite episodes of season nine. Number five is Work Bus. This is probably my. God knows how, long, how many times. Uh, tenth time watching The Office all the way through. And I didn't realize until this time that this episode was directed by Brian Cranston. The only time he directed an office episode. And it's pretty good episode. To escape the radon field office, Dwight arranges for a work bus while the building gets fixed. Their interactions that take place on the bus are pretty memorable, especially the Shibuya roll call. Oh my god, that drove me insane after watching it so many times. But Kevin's response is too funny. My name is Kevin. Yeah, that is my name. Yeah, they call me Kevin. Yeah, because that's my name. And who could forget about 
bus picking up a hitchhiker who claims he's playing hooky from work, and it turns out to be Creed. I also like how Jim and Dwight, Andy and Nellie, each work out their differences with each other by the end of the episode. It just gives us an overall good feeling. Not a bad episode, considering it's one of the two seasons without Michael Scott. And Suit Warehouse. This one had a lot of funny and enjoyable moments in it. Dwight and Clark going on a sales call, posing as a father and son duo. Has a lot of really funny moments, especially one once the two pretend to be a father and son who didn't get along. When the office gets a new espresso machine, everyone in the office decides to taste test every flavor. So, of course, they all start bouncing off the walls with energy. Those were funny scenes as they tear up the carpet, Aaron freaks out about the pen shipment, and everyone is sweating profusely. Lastly, Daryl interviews for the athlete job in Philadelphia, and things get really funny when he shoots the basketball, misses, and crashes it into the fish tank, killing the fish. This is a good episode, even though it's missing some key characters of the series, like most of the Season 9 episodes. And number three, Living the Dream. This is the first of the final three episodes that close out the series. Starting with this one, Mood Shift has definitely taken place. You can just feel how it's all coming to an end, like all three episodes are one big finale. This is a great episode that really makes you feel good after watching it. It was cool to see Dwight finally get his black belt, but after all those years of training, it was a nice nod to a season two episode that made a big deal over him being a purple belt. His black belt presentation in the office was hilarious also. To further extend his big day, he was finally named the new branch manager of Dunder Mifflin Scranton, ending the long-running ambition that was of his throughout most of the series. It was a very nice moment to see, and you feel like Dwight is finally mature enough for the job. Then, after many season nine episodes that made you wonder if Jim and Pam were going to get a divorce, it was nice to see they finally figured things out and Jim taking a leave of absence from his Philly job. They are once again the couple that they should be. And Jim and Dwight finally become friends in this episode, putting aside years and years of their rivalry. Dwight names Jim the assistant to the regional manager, which is very cool. Pays homage to the earlier season's joke. While their rivalry was very, very fun to watch throughout the series, it was awesome seeing the two team up for the last two episodes. Lastly, for me, the most memorable part of this episode is Andy's goodbye. After he comedically burns the bridge with with the company to pursue his career in entertainment, he gives a heartfelt rendition Siri McLaughlin's I Will Remember You on the Guitar. That scene gets me every time because the entire office is touched by his really good and heartfelt performance, just as us the viewers are. Like I said, this feels like one like part one of the series finale, with even bigger things to come in the next two episodes. And at number two, I put AARM, the assistant to the assistant regional manager. It's tough to rate extremely sentimental episodes like this because it's not classic The Office, but it's a great episode that makes you feel really good after watching. This one feels like a series finale in every way possibly possible, and honestly, if this was the last episode, everyone would be happy. It feels like everyone, everything is wrapped up, especially when everyone 
is together at Poor Richards at the end, watching the premiere episode of The Office in American Workplace. In the closing scenes, the scene with Jim showing Pam exactly how he feels by playing the DVD from the camera crew while he's giving Dwight the advice to chase after love is everything in this episode. It's the perfect way to wrap up all loose ties created from a rocky relationship between Jim and Pam throughout season nine. Then Dwight getting engaged to Angela was very special as well. And you can't forget Daryl getting his proper goodbye from everyone in the office by choosing to dance. That was cool because it showed just how much everyone in the office really cares for each other, whether they ever showed it or not. The scenes toward the end of this episode were really sentimental and emotional and a great ode to the fans of this series who always felt like they were in the office themselves as co-workers. And the best episode of the season, hands down, sadly, is the finale of the great series. Where to begin? I love this series finale episode. It's a great way to wrap up a great TV series. It's more of a reunion episode. It takes place a year after the previous episode, the same weekend that Dwight is getting married to Angela in the PBS documentary panel featuring all the main characters from The Office. It's interesting to see where everybody ended up and how they were doing. It felt like you were actually catching up with real friends after a long absence. There were several big moments in this episode, including Aaron meeting her parents for the first time, Dwight and Angela getting married, Ryan and Kelly running off into the sunset together, Jim and Pam moving to Austin to pursue Athlete, and perhaps the biggest anticipated question of all leading up to the finale of Michael Scott making one last appearance. There were several other big moments as well, and the last scenes that took place in the office were the perfect way to end the series. Everyone hanging out, reminiscing, and making profound statements into the camera that showed what an apt impact the office made on their lives. Probably the greatest line of all time in this series, and in this episode, was from Andy, saying... I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days. Before you've actually left them. And Pam's final line of, there's a lot of beauty in an ordinary things. Isn't that the kind of the point? Pam's line captures the essence of what the office is all about. And now we get to hand out some dundies for the final time. The worst episode of season nine was the Here Comes Treble episode. Andy was a big mess this entire season. While in other seasons he was often annoying or clueless, he was never a complete jerk. And this season he went downhill in a big way. In this episode, Andy's acapella group, Here Comes Treble, comes to Dunder Mifflin. This leads to Andy being jealous when Broccoli Rob has been hanging out with the group. This episode just showed how pathetic Andy had really become and was overall annoying. Focusing on focusing so much on Andy in this season was a mistake. But, like I've said before, the best episode of season 9 is the finale. Without a doubt, the best episode was the finale. This episode was highly emotional, and was a good sign-off for the show that fans could appreciate. This episode occurs a year after the documentary airs. Seeing everyone come back together for Dwight and Angela's wedding was sweet and emotional, especially Michael Scott's return. Seeing the employees at Dunder Mifflin and Scranton go their separate ways was touching. 
Pay him surprise the gym with a big gesture of selling their house so they can move for athlete. Dwight is the manager of the office. It's a fitting end for the show. And the best moment of season nine this is probably my favorite episode, too. Pam's experience with deja vu and moving on when she meets a potential manager in Philly. Who is the real estate version of Michael Scott? While Bob Odenkirk couldn't replace Steve Corral, he does elevate everything he's in, and he gives the fans a dose of the insensitive pop culture quoting manager they've been missing. Which I'd love to see him possibly show up again revival of the show, if they ever do that. This season... <clears throat> so, best character of season nine, probably Jim and Pam. Showed us the true struggles Pam had, Pam and Jim had as a married couple living apart from each other. But throughout the end, we saw they were able to stay together and survive being a couple. So what were your favorite moments about this show? You can be a part of the show. Send us a voicemail, 682-305-0483. Also, the number is on your screen right there. Uh, Let us know what you thought on the show. Send us a voicemail. Uh, What were your favorite moments, pranks? What did you think of the show as a whole? Did you quit watching it? three quarters of the way through like a lot of people did, or did you actually watch the entire series? You can follow us on Twitter at cinema gold two and find us on Facebook at cinema gold movies. Thank you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching cinema gold podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold 2. Become a patron on our Patreon at patreon.com slash cinema gold. Send us a voice message and be featured on an upcoming episode through anchor.fm slash cinema gold. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.